Hey everyone, welcome to the For the Bible Tells Me So podcast. Uh, I hope you're doing good today. Um, Right now I'm sheltering in place. I'm staying home. I'm actually recording this podcast from my car right now. I live in a tiny two-story studio, if you can picture that in your head. It's kind of like a um, a flat of sorts, but uh, man, tight quarters, but my wife and I were having a good time being at home. I wish it was under better circumstances. I hate that we're staying home because of this virus that's going on. It breaks our heart uh, to see our world um, you know, engaging in fear and anxiety, uh, but through all of this, I just still felt a real desire and burden to share God's word with you. And so today I just want to share with you a passage from the book of Hebrews. Uh, But before I read that passage, I got to tell you about a backpacking trip that I went on last year. Some of you know that last year I went to Yosemite and I went on a backpacking trip. It was a few days long. And when I went on that trip, you know, I went into it so naive. Like I didn't train for it at all. I barely had the right shoes and clothing for it. I basically kind of went from like a very sedentary kind of life, just sitting at my desk to getting up and walking this, I think it's like 16 or 18 miles from Yosemite Valley floor up to Half Dome and all the way back. And on that journey, I had a big backpack on me. It's like 50 pounds or something. It may have been smaller than that, but it felt like 50 pounds. Uh, but I was walking and I felt really good guys like going up felt really good. Um, but coming down was a whole nother story. My knees were not ready for the impact that I was about to experience going downhill. This big backpack and my little bony chicken legs could not handle going downhill for eight or nine miles. It was so excruciating. My, As we started to go down, I was like, okay, this is starting to hurt a little bit. And then after a mile, I was like, man, I'm feeling really bad right now. I had just shocking pain in my knees. I knew that if I would have taken off my backpack, it would have helped, but I, the damage was already done. It hurt so bad. It took me so long to finish those eight, nine miles because I had had this burden on my back and I just didn't realize what it was actually doing to my body. But then once I found out what had happened, it was kind of too late. Um, But eventually we got down and I vowed to myself, I'll never do anything like this again unless I prepare to have this kind of weight on my shoulders and make sure that my knees can actually handle all this. The point I'm trying to make here is just that we all get to these points in life where we feel weighed down. I felt super weighed down in a very physical kind of way, but this is very true in a spiritual, emotional, mental, all holistic kind of way as well. Um, There are times in our lives when we are living a way that is contrary to the way that God has intended for us to live, and as a result, we have the burden of sins on our shoulders. Now, I know that for us, you know, there's all kinds of things that could be burdening us. It could be a sin that we've been engaging in that's very possible. 
but it also could be just emotional weight from everything that's been going on in the world over the past couple months. Maybe you have a friend or a family member who's sick right now. Maybe you're sick right now. Maybe your job has fallen through. Maybe school is going to look totally different for you now. Maybe you've even kind of changed what you want to do with your life as a result of being at home for a little while. Maybe you're just crazy bored right now and just feeling like you're twiddling your thumbs, just not knowing what to do uh, with your life. In the book of Hebrews, the author of Hebrews takes a moment to look at Christians, to look at followers of Jesus and say, hey, when you're feeling that way, when you feel like there's stuff on your back that you cannot get rid of, when there is just this emotional weight, when there's a spiritual weight on you, there is a place for you to go to have those things removed from your shoulders so that you can experience freedom and strength for the long endurance run that's in front of you. So, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, the author says this to his listeners, or to his readers. I'm reading from the message translation, so hopefully this is easy for you to listen to. Do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blaze the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it, strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there, in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. I love this passage of scripture because what the author is trying to get at here is that, look, you're going to be weighed down, even with like your own you know, criticisms of yourself sometimes. Like sometimes we're our own worst enemy. And he says, look, when when you are the one who is pushing yourself down, when others have put burdens on you, whatever may be weighing you down, there are some stories that you can look back to that will show you that God was with these people. And because of that, you can say with confidence today that he is with you as well. So one of the things that we see from this passage is that support is an essential element for getting across the finish line, not only of the problem that's right in front of us, but getting through to the finish line of life. You know, I actually heard an interesting statistic lately or recently that said that it's been reported that people who get injections, like get a shot, they say that their injections hurt less if they can hold on to someone, they know as the needle is going in. There's just something about holding on to somebody that you know. Think about that for a second. If you're going to get a shot or a tattoo or something like that even, like if you were able to hold on to someone that you knew that you had a bond with, it'd probably make that experience a little bit more durable, right? 
having support with us through difficult times allows us to actually move through the experience without being crushed by it. And the author here is saying that we can actually look back at the heroes of our faith and learn from them that we can still move forward when things get difficult. I know this is very true for me. Um, I'm a very typical Bible reading guy. I wake up in the morning, make my coffee, read my Bible. Just kind of feels like an old guy thing, you know, but I know it's not. But I know that my morning Bible reading has really helped me move forward in life. I'm currently in the book of Joshua right now, and I've read that book a few times in my life, and uh, it's hit me in different kinds of ways before, you know, but I'm reading through it right now, and it has been speaking to me so much. I feel like God is illuminating so much scripture in my heart right now from this ancient text of the book of Joshua. But basically, the thing that really stood out to me recently was that, you know, Joshua was the one who led Israel after Moses died. So he was the successor of Moses. And Joshua had this devotion to God that was like unparalleled. It was so strong. He led these people into worship with their calendar, with their resources, and with their time. And it was powerful to watch. Now, Joshua was a military man. He knew how to use a sword. He knew how to use his outdoor voice to command people to go to battle. And one of the things that really struck me about his story is that, uh, I think it's Joshua chapter 5, God tells Joshua, hey, you and the Israelites are going to go to Jericho and you're going to take over Jericho. There's people in this city who do not listen to me, who do not obey. And so my judgment on them is that you would, my people, that you would prevail over them. But God says, I want you to do it in a different kind of way than you're used to. You're used to going in, just banging with swords and everything, but I want you to do something different. I want you to take your people. I want you to walk around the city every day for a week, quietly, no swords out, no nothing. But on the last day, I want you to walk around a few more times. I want you to yell at the top of your voices. And guess what's going to happen when you do that? The walls are going to come tumbling down and you will have success over your enemies. I can just imagine Joshua in his mind thinking, God, I think you're a little loony right now. I don't know what you're thinking. We're not going to win anything unless we go in just raging right now. But Joshua, I believe, looked back at Moses, who looked back at Joseph, who looked back at all these different biblical characters at Jacob, and saw, and saw like, man, when God spoke to these men, he never failed on his plan. God's telling me something to do something really weird right now, but I know because it's the same God who led the Israelites out of Egypt, it's the same God who created the heavens and the earth, that he must know what he's talking about. And so I'm going to listen, I'm going to obey, I'm going to worship. And not only that, but I'm going to lead other people into worshiping the same way that I am. And he did it, and God won a great victory for them. I know for me in my life, I'm just thinking through like, man, how do I lead myself, let alone my wife, my 
my people that I'm looking over in my life group and with our young adult ministry and at Calvary Monterey, my family, like my friends, how am I going to be able to do that? You know, I, sometimes I can get overwhelmed just thinking about not only those stories, but just like myself, like I'm a wreck, man. Like I need guidance and leadership myself. But when I was reading the book of Joshua, I was just remembering, man, the God that I'm serving today is the same God in this story that he's going to continue to lead, continue to guide. And I seem to follow him as I'm reading God's word, as I'm talking to him in prayers, I feel the promptings of the spirit in my life. I just need to obey and worship him. And I was really encouraged thinking about Joshua's example because of what it spoke to me. Joshua led over a million people. Wow. I'm just trying to lead myself, man. Just trying to lead a few people. But his example spoke volumes to me. Think about your own life for a minute. Do you feel like you have nothing to offer? Do you feel like maybe your skill set isn't developed enough and you can't actually provide anything good for the people around you? Do you feel like you look at your body, your abilities, your age, your gender, whatever it may be, do you feel like you look at yourself and just say, I'm not going to be accepted by the people around me. I can't, I won't be accepted by God. I can't move forward in this Christian faith because I don't fit the same build as these people who really did make a difference. So this isn't for me. Do you feel that way sometimes? I just want you to know today that our God is for you. These stories that we read about are examples of what he can do in someone's life. And your story is going to be so unique to what God wants to do in and through you. You're not going to have the same story as Joshua. You're not going to have the same story as me. But what you can do is you can look back at these people. You can listen to me. You can listen to people from Scripture. You can look back and see this God was faithful to them and faithful to people who were just like me in my own junk or whatever, my, my own insufficiencies, whatever it may be. And so I can now move forward knowing that God is with me. You can say that confidently today because of the support you get from these stories of old. You don't have to have everything together. You just need to take another step forward towards following Jesus. So man, these stories of old support us. I just love the way that the author of Hebrews says, he says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, these people blazed the way for you. All these veterans cheering us on, it means that we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. That's what you have in your corner. That's your your training team. That is your coach in the corner of the ring for you, these um, stories of old. And these stories really do help us continue to move forward. Not just from the Old Testament, these examples of people from Israel, they definitely do. But the story of Jesus actually helps us so much in moving forward towards the finish line of our current struggle and for the rest of our lives. Do you know why? One of the reasons why Jesus came to this earth as a human being it's so that he could be an example to us of how we can live this human life. 
Now you may hear me say that and think, Riley, you're crazy, man. Like Jesus was perfect. I'm not perfect. There's no way I could ever do anything like Jesus in that kind of way. I get that for sure. And the author in Hebrews gets that as well too. Jesus understood that as well. But man, we are called into this life that God has put before us. And Jesus is this divine blueprint in a lot of ways of how we can actually live this life. In John 13, verses 15 and 17, Jesus says this to his disciples, I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. Jesus, with his life, he was trying to show that his disciples and the people who followed him, hey, what, what I'm doing with my life is of great value. Not just the miracles, not just his godlike abilities, not, not godlike, his, his god ability, but man, just the way that he actually lived his life. Remember, Jesus was, he lived in poverty. He was an unmarried single man. He was a carpenter who dropped out of his profession to pursue ministry. Um, he, he was a real basic looking dude. Scripture tells us that there was nothing much to look at when it came to Jesus. Real ordinary person. Jesus, though, shows us that his circumstance, his upbringing, his vocation, job, his gender, his age, his position in life wasn't going to hold him back from living the fullest life possible. Jesus's singleness shows us that the single life is full of purpose and joy. A constant theme to his life speaks of how our value comes from giving to others rather than gaining for ourselves. His example is worth following because his words, practice, and lifestyle all lead to a blessed life. You may not think that the single life is blessed. You may not think that living without abundance isn't the best or blessed. You may not think that constantly giving will lead to a blessed life. But what Jesus shows us is that richness and satisfaction doesn't come from what we have or how we look to others but it's, it's solely found in knowing our Father in heaven. Maybe you have had the experience um, in your home, your upbringing, maybe with some friends, where you've seen some people handle difficulty or handle a certain stage of life uh, with criticism, with a bad attitude. Maybe you've heard that singleness is something to escape, for instance, Maybe you've heard that, man, if you don't make a certain amount of money, then no person of the opposite sex is ever going to want to be in relationship with you. If you don't look a certain way, you're never going to make a name for yourself. Maybe you've heard these different narratives that have been pushed forward through modern movies, through music, through advertisement, and even sometimes just in our churches as well. Maybe you've seen that, heard that. Maybe you've been discouraged 
thinking about, man, this is where I'm at in life. And I just, there's just nothing that's going to allow me to really move forward. Jesus' story shows us that, man, there is so much purpose in where I'm at today. Jesus was in a different place than Paul. Paul's in a different place than Peter. Um, I mean, I was just reading through Joshua. Rahab was this woman who was in Jericho. She was a prostitute. But the Israelites saved her from Jericho because she helped Israel overcome Jericho. And then scripture says that Rahab with her family came and lived with the Israelites for the rest of her days. She didn't let her past or this method of making money, this this lifestyle of giving her body to people, hold her back from actually turning from that and saying, God, I'm going to follow you and be with your people. In fact, it was in that moment that she actually began to follow God and make some decisions that were key to the story of Israel actually progressing forward. You in your life today can help advance the kingdom of God today. The mission of God can move forward through your conscious and active obedience and worship to Jesus today. You don't have to get a degree to start making that difference. You don't have to have a certain level of vocabulary to make it happen. You don't have to travel all over the world to make it happen. You don't have to find a girlfriend, find a boyfriend, get married to just begin making it happen. You can do it today right where you're at. God's spirit is calling you towards it. Don't resist it. Follow the story of Jesus into living this life today. Worship, obey, and rejoice in being with Jesus right now. He loves you. These stories, this support helps us move forward towards the finish line. But none of this would even matter if we didn't lastly surrender. Surrender allows us to go across the finish line. Why? Because surrender allows Jesus to take us across the finish line. I watched a movie recently. It's called Moonlight. And in Moonlight, it's the story of this young African-American boy who grows up. It's a kind of like a coming-of-age tale of this young man going through adolescence into his teenage years, growing up, doing the whole thing. But when he's a child in the movie, there's this really beautiful moment where he's interacting with this older man who's kind of like a father figure to him. And this older father figure looks to the young boy and says, I'm going to teach you how to swim. So this young boy did not know how to float, didn't know how to doggy paddle, no, didn't know nothing. But this older man took this young boy in his arms, just resting in his arms, and they walked out into the ocean together. This older man kind of got to where, you know, he's standing on the floor of the, the water. The water is, you know, all around them. This man is probably up to like almost his chest in the water. And he's just holding with his arms out this young boy. And this young boy is laying on his back, face up, arms limp, and legs limp. And the water's just rushing, not rushing, it's just kind of coming over him. He's not 
drowning. The water's not going into his mouth or anything, but he's in the middle of this chaotic body of water that we call the ocean. But he's able to rest, head back, arms just dead asleep, just legs dead asleep as well, just because he knew that this older man had him in his grasp. What I'm trying to say here is that this young boy was able to rest in this chaotic moment because he knew that this strong older man would never let him go and would never let anything happen to him. And he knew that this older man was experienced, mature, knew exactly what he was doing. This young boy knew how to surrender. And I think that we can learn a great lesson from this. I think that Jesus is calling us. I don't just think it. I know it. Jesus is calling us towards surrender today. Can you think about that? Like, think about you not having to just run across, like, just keep running with your whole life to try to cross the finish line, to just try to get through your hardship. Think about if someone actually carried you through it. We all get tired on this journey. Imagine if someone just stronger than you, more mature, able body, just picked you up, wrapped their arms around you, and without any kind of problem, just walked you across the finish line. I believe that's what Jesus is doing for us today. Imagine the the burdens that you have in your life. Imagine the anxiety that you have in your life. Imagine the lack of sleep. Imagine the um, you know, the habits that you have with eating or looking at porn or whatever it may be to kind of satisfy you. What if those things weren't a burden on you anymore? What if you're able to not just try to um, make rest happen by, you know, satisfying yourself with food or watching something or doing something with your body? Imagine if you could actually experience rest by letting go of those things and simply being in the arms of Jesus. Wouldn't that be nice? Imagine the sleep that you'd regain. Imagine how you'd able to actually be available for the people around you. Imagine how you could actually use your body for continual good in this world. You would feel so much more healthy, so much more fit, so much more able, so much more rested by just simply surrendering and being in the arms of Jesus. You need to know today that Jesus can handle your weight. He knows your problems. He knows your struggles. He knows what has been resting on your mind. He knows that to-do list that you have. He knows those experiences that you've gone through that have led to shame and grief in your life. He knows what's been done to you. He knows what you've done to yourself. He knows what you've done to other people. And he still says, come to me. Surrender those thoughts, that past, whatever you want to do for the future. Surrender your present to me right now. I'll not only give you rest, but I'll carry you across the finish line. I love the way that the author of Hebrews says it. He says that Jesus could put up with anything along the way. The cross, the shame, whatever. That whatever is whatever is on your back as well. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. 
when you find yourself flagging in your faith, go over that story again. Go over the story of Jesus again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through, and that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. Not only will you gain rest from being in the arms of Jesus, but you will become empowered to do the things that he's calling you to do. You'll be able to get through to the other side. I'll close with this. Jesus looks at his disciples again in the book of John, chapter 8, verses 31 through 32, and he says this about living this life with Jesus. He says this, If you stick with this, living out what I tell you, then you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth, and the truth will set you free. You may be wondering, what, what is the truth? Well, a better question would actually be, who is the truth? The truth is Jesus. Jesus will set us free. As this passage goes on, what Jesus reveals to his disciples and to the followers that are around him, he says, everyone is a slave to their sin until they come to me and I set them free. He says, man, follow me, love me, give your life to me, surrender to me, and you'll actually be freed from your sins. That stuff that's weighing you down, that is causing you to always live in shame. He says, I'll free you from it. All you have to do is just come to me and live life with me. Jesus will get you through to the other side of whatever problem you're going through right now, and he will for sure continue to lead you through on into eternity. Guys, I love you. I'm praying for you. I can't wait till we can see each other again. Until then, keep running towards Jesus. He's got your back. Hey, thanks for joining in today. If you're listening to this and you're a 20-something and you're just looking for some community during this time, please reach out to us on Instagram at cmyoungadults. Uh, We'd love to get you connected with our WhatsApp group chat and our Marco Polo chats that are always constantly going on. And if you're just looking for some prayer, if you need somebody just to talk to, please reach out to us there as well, and we'd love to get in touch with you. But tune in next week for a new episode. We'll see you then.